Hello and welcome to the Fudgeon Town Council, uh, Council sorry. Um, it is 7 o'clock and it is Monday the 25th of November. I am chairing as the Deputy Chair uh, due to Alan Alton's resignation, um, as he will be sadly missed, as you all know. We are to first move on to election of the Chairman, which is item 110, and I'll pass over to our Town Clerk and explain the procedure next. You basically have two options. You can uh, take proposals, seconders, and conduct this by a show of hands, or I have some voting slips here. So, is a show of hands? Are we happy yeah. with the show of hands? I'm happy with yeah. 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 Okay. okay. I personally have a proposal, so I'd like to propose uh, Councillor Andrew Dawson as the chairman. Um, could I have a seconder, please, for that? Great. Bernie Wade, Councillor Bernie Wade. Are there any other proposals? Yes, I propose Judith Critchley. Do we have a seconder for Judith Critchley? I'll second it. <coughs> so, uh, if we take this in order, can we have a show of hands for Councillor Dawson? Can I, can I have it recorded as well, please? Names. Okay. So that's six. Um, if you keep your hands up, then I can put your names down. Thank you. And secondly, for Judith Kretschmer, please. Can I have a show of hands? Um, again, can you keep those hands up and then I can just record them? Okay, so I can now declare that uh, Councillor Judith Critchley is elected as chair. Congratulations. Thank you. Could I, could I say a few words? It's nice to see you back in the chair, Councillor Judith Critchley. Okay. Um, I feel that um, this council, the last 12 months, has been hovering over things. I know you've been working behind the scenes to get things right this last few weeks, and I'd like to congratulate you. And at that moment, uh, minuted please, that I said them words. Thank you. Thank you. Right then, can we move on to 111? Apologies. We've got a full house, haven't we? No apologies. No apologies. Declarations of interest. Should we go around the table? Donna? Uh, none that I'm aware of at the moment. Yes, but no. Right. No. 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 So that's for the three of you. I don't think there's anything for me. If anything does come up, then I shall make sure I lose it. Caroline? Not that I'm aware of, but I have the same. Nine. The same for me. I'll uh, reserve it. Right. I have none. None. Chairman of Council Park Trust, obviously, Cheshire West and Chester Councillor, which will. 
So we then move on to 113 over to our PCSO Neil Flanagan. Since the last meeting two months ago, we've, we've gone through Halloween and Bonfire Night. Um, this is usually our busy period, um, just for a number of reasons, really, quite obvious reasons. Um, we, we've we got away sort of with Halloween. I think um, it, it passed through fairly uneventful, thankfully. I know there was the event that was put on um, at the the community centre which went down really well, it was well attended and that in some way is going to have contributed towards the uh, the children behaving themselves out in the streets on that day which is great and they, they normally do around here, they're normally very good. Unfortunately between sort of around Bonfire Night towards, Hall uh, between Halloween and Bonfire Night sorry, we had six reported firework related incidents. Um, some of the individuals involved um, are either being dealt with or are about to be dealt with for, for these offences. There are some video footage of, of some of the offenders. Um, both myself and my colleague were on duty for bonfire nights in the evening. We did witness a few in a few locations where not not children letting off fireworks, but adults setting off fireworks. One in particular on Saltworks, there was a, a, a grown man with either his son or his grandson setting off fireworks and he didn't realise that he couldn't set fireworks off in a public place. So I think from my perspective um, we need, I, I probably need to be a, educate people a bit more moving forward for next year and actually send a message out there as best I can that actually it is an offence, you know you can't just set fireworks off wherever you want. Um, we also saw evidence, although it was unreported, of fireworks being set off on Frodsham Hill um, and there was a lot of debris, a lot of mess left the next day. I did report that Neil after the event, I found Yeah, I mean, during the, during the, yeah, yeah. so, because if, if, if someone had seen it on the, the day we, we'd have been up there, we got quite a few reports of Hellsby Hill and we were up on Hellsby Hill, but we didn't get anything for Frodsham Hill so we didn't attend there. Um, but the, it all helps inform how we move forward next year and how we control next year as well. So I'll be focusing very much on on Hell, on Frodsham Hill, sorry, next year. Um, parking. A, a lot of my time over the last couple of months has been dedicated to parking issues, primarily um, Bridge Lane, where there's a solid white line as you're coming into Frodsham. Now, the law states you can't park where there's a solid white line. And I've got to hold my hands up here and I've let it go for a number of years now because the residents there, they struggle to park anywhere else. So I've used my discretion and as long as they leave enough space for cars to pass without going over the solid white line, but they leave enough space for a pushchair or wheelchair to get past on the pavement, I've let it go. Unfortunately, recently, I don't know why, but I've seen an increase in complaints about that area, so I've had to take action and actually I delivered a letter to each household to say they can't park um, at that location anymore. That wasn't didn't go down very well as you can imagine, but you know, I had the law on my side. So um, eventually the, the they're all now observing that but I'm now having 
issues where with the parking on the other side of the road blocking the view of some people who are coming out of their driveway so it's something I think that's not going to go away that easily and so I'll be dealing with that on an ongoing issue. Uh, I issued one non-endorsable fixed penalty um, on Bridge Lane recently. I don't like issuing tickets but I issued one and I have no hesitation in issuing others because they have been warned both by letter and in person by myself. Um, Remembrance Day. Um, once again this year I had the honour of laying a wreath at both St Lawrence's Church and the memorial, um, the War Memorial on the Hill. Um, it's always a special occasion. I always, I'm, it's always great to see so many people paying their respects. It's, uh, it's one of the, the nicer things that I get to do in my role. So it was, uh, that was a, a real positive for me. We, um, we held a, a successful speed enforcement day on Fluin Lane on Saturday the 9th of November. A number of motorists were stopped and dealt with by officers for traffic offences, um, primarily for speeding offences. These enforcement days are a great way of us working with our police constable colleagues and special constables who are volunteer police. Um, and they're that successful that we're, we're currently in the process of trying to organise more over the coming months. And we're going to try and change location because it always seems to be I'm hammering fluent lay um, and we're, we're looking at other locations. But with having a large operation with a number of officers, we have to have suitable locations where we can pull vehicles in and Fluent Lane lends itself because of the community centre. So, um, we've thankfully got some new additions to our community speed watch group. So um, they're, they're sort of going out a bit more with the non-enforceable speed gun. We're finding that they're going out twice a week now on various roads throughout Frodsham. So it's great because if someone comes to me and says I've got an issue with speeding on my road, the first thing I do is get hold of the coordinator, John Lloyd, and say, right, we need to target this road, and he goes out with, with the community speed watch group and then hit the evidence that he provides me, tells me whether I need to go out with an enforceable device or not, so it works really well. Um, so that's it on community speed watch. Um, on young people, we ran a Let's Walk Road safety course for pupils in years three and four at Frodsham CV Primary School um, over two days last week. Uh, this teaches the children how to cross the road safely and it's a good engagement tool for, for ourselves. We've got more planned with other primary schools in the new year um, and I just think it, it's one that if, if we can teach them a bit of road safety it might stop one or two of them acting silly on the roads as I see sometimes. We also ran a mini football tournament at Frodsham Youth Club on the 25th of October. That was in play. We, we were going to run an outdoor event, but unfortunately due to the weather, we couldn't run a generator outside. So we held a sort of impromptu tournament inside, and it went down really well with, uh, with all the, the, the uh, people at the youth club. We continue to work closely with Nick. I know she's here somewhere. Nick and, and the team who do a great job at the youth club. Um, giving the young people you know, a place to go, not just on a Friday, primarily it is a, a Friday, but you know, other days of the week as well, there's always something going on and every now and again I'll get a message up the <coughs> saying, are you on duty today, we've got something on, uh, I think it was Remembrance Day, I walked past and I ended up in there for a bit with, with the kids there, so it was really good. Um, I attended a presentation at Frodsham Weaver Vale Primary School earlier this month to discuss antisocial behaviour. This was organised by the head teacher, Mr Van Geffen, and involved police, Weaver Vale Housing and Council, along with the school, 
we had parents from the, of the children attending um, to discuss really how we can encourage better behaviour and provide facilities maybe down in that area of Frodsham for the young people and I think it's one that in the new year we're going to sort of raise more and more and see what we can do to see if there's any funding out there and see what the young people actually want. Um, on the back of, of the, the meeting I've arranged to go to attend a coffee morning at the Children's Centre on Ship Street on Wednesday the 11th of December between 10 and 11 just continue my engagements with people down there. We're also continuing to do our regular drop-in sessions at Helsby High School for both students and teachers and I'll be at Helsby High School on Monday the 16th of December to help with a drink drive educational workshop for sixth form students. And on Saturday we've got the big one, Christmas Festival, best day of the year, <laughs> and that's when Christmas starts for me. Um, the event is by far the busiest that we see in Frodsham. Um, policing wise, thankfully touch wood, we, we don't get many issues, but I'll be there with my colleague and a few other officers on the day. We'll, we'll be around from about midday and we'll see it through to well after the parade finishes. So I look forward to seeing everyone, everyone there and hopefully we can all have a good time and it, it goes off peacefully. And the last thing from me, the police surgeries. I mean, I don't know whether, do you want me to read all the police surgeries out or it just, I just find it go on and on talk about police surgeries. Do, you don't need them reading out. Think, Joe's, uh, Joe's got all of them yeah. and they'll be minute, yeah. if you can minute those. Um, and finally, just this is the last council meeting before the end of the year, so I just want to say, if I don't see any of you before the end of the year, happy Christmas and all the best for 2000, uh, 2020, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I forget what year it is. So, yeah, all uh, the best anyway. Chair. Yeah. Uh, Neil, can I just thank you for taking up the um, coffee morning offer that you've been given for the uh, your, one of your surgeries? I think it's proving a very good one and it's getting to uh, a certain age group that would normally not probably come to see you whereas you've been there. I've seen two of them and I've seen you being engaged um, and I think it's a marvellous idea. Yeah, no, it's good. Just on that, Matt, actually, one of the police surgeries that I'm holding this month is at Morrison's... Um, let me see where it is. I bet you haven't put it on. Oh, yeah, on the 5th of December, and that's going to be for two hours, and I'm going to be uh, dishing out security advice and purse bells, you know, for purses and handbags. So we'll be there between four and six on the, the 5th of December on Morrison's. Okay, thanks. Councillor Dawson. Neil, Father Kenny's been in touch with me about parking outside St Luke's. Uh, I'm conscious just how difficult an issue that is uh, in terms of managing people who want to go to church, but also issues on um, Main Street, Bridge Lane and all the rest of it. Could you have a look at it? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to raise it through Cheshire West and Chester, but I realise there's no easy fix. Yeah. It has been brought, it's, it's surprising that he's brought it because a lot yeah. of the residents have brought it to my attention, but uh, yeah, I'll have a look. I'm on on Sunday, so I'll have a look at this Sunday. Um, social media. Was there a fight in the park organised? I don't know whether it was organised. There was a fight in the park. It was getting fit because it's a woman on there frightened and that. We don't really want that, do we? No, no. My, my understanding, I've read the incident. I was off at the weekend, but um, it was. The, I've read the incident and it appears to be school, two school children that have had. Uh, so I'm assuming maybe they have organised it in school to be outside the school, but uh, it's nothing that sort of. It's the police were called over. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's logged as an incident. Okay, thank you. Councillor Dawson. Yeah, 
NHS and mental health support too. Brilliant. Right, moving on to 115, Frodsham Youth Association to receive a report. I'm not sure who's doing the report. Oh, Nikki. Yeah. I'll sit in the hot spot, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I'm glad Neil, I thought, what do you have to do here? So, I'm glad Neil paved the way to show you what I to do. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Maybe later. Um, so, hi everyone, my name is Nick, Michael Isaac, and, oh, hi. And um, I run Frodsham Youth Association. I'm the senior youth worker and the manager of the club. And there's lots of faces, obviously, um, that I don't know, so I'm sure you won't know me. So I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, I moved to Frodsham 10 years ago. Um, and at the time, there was a building and no youth work going on. And um, I saw a little piece in the Frodsham Life that said, <laughs> we've got this building, but we've got nothing really going on. Um, so I came forward because I was a qualified youth worker and thought, well, I'll go around and see what I can do. And um, I guess we've just built it from there um, over the past 10 years. And we are now um, the biggest voluntary youth centre in Cheshire West, um, which I think is great. <coughs> and we have a lot of activities going on for young people. Um, and I guess the biggest ten testament, obviously I can tell you all about it tonight, but um, ask people. So when you're out there, you constituents and people, ask them as they have their kids come to youth club, have their young people benefited, because I think that's the biggest testament to what we've done. Um, but currently, we open Monday nights. Every other Monday is girls club, every other Monday is boys club. It's a focused group. Um, and then on Wednesdays, we run the Duke of Edinburgh Award. And the reason why we started DV is because it had become very expensive for a lot of young people. Um, and obviously, we keep it really low in cost. We spread the cost over a year. We fundraise. Um, and we've opened access to a lot of young people who would never have done DV before. Um, and we also have a music <coughs> studio on a Wednesday. Um, Friday, uh, Thursday, we have our Rainbow Club in, which is for young people with additional needs. Friday, we run three youth clubs. It's a joy. <laughs> Five till seven, seven till quarter to nine, quarter to nine till ten, because we are so busy and we've got so many young people um, that we have to split it up now. So we have eight to 11 year olds, 12 to 15 and then 16 plus. Um, and then Saturdays once a month we run a teenage market, which is a joint initiative between the youth club and the high school, building business and enterprise skills. And on a Sunday we run a Sunday independent living project where we do a lot of life skills with local young people. Um, and I guess the big thing or the message um, I wanted to say today is that, first of all, thank you, because um, over the past years, the Town Council has been very good to the Youth Club and funded us, and I appreciate it. And what I'm here to say is, um, please continue. <coughs> and the reason is two things. One is that because we don't own the building, we don't have a lease, we can't apply, so I'll give an example. I asked the Masons, the Masonic Order, for money. They were more than happy to give us the money. Where's your lease? I haven't got a lease. They're not going to fund a building that potentially we could be kicked out of. So we're, very, we're finding it very difficult to access funding. Secondly, which is just as big, nobody thinks we've got any problems in Fradjim. It's very affluent, it's very rich, and we're not giving you a penny. The conversation I had last week with the Steve Morgan Foundation with the woman on the phone was, Listen, Frodium is a tale of two, two places. And you might drive through with its nice sparkly lights and its nice little quaint shops and you might think it's a very rich place. But actually, who are youth clubs serves and targets is young people who live in poverty and deprivation 
and it's very difficult as a child to sit in Manor House School or at St Luke's or at Weaver Vale next to a young person who's going on holiday for two or three weeks, who's got money, who's got the latest trainers on, when you haven't got any of them things. And we ran um, a very successful summer programme. We had over 100 young people registered. Uh, we got some money from Ed Central. And there was two summer programmes going on. There was one um, that was ran out of Weaver Vale School and we ran our youth club. Obviously, our youth club, you don't have to come with your parents. And I, that's who I think we're targeting is young people who can come, who don't need their parents to bring them. Um, and we are free access at the door. Um, we fed them every night. We were open three days a week throughout the summer. Um, and Neil, who's gone, even though I told him to back me up, um, said that when we were open in the youth club in the summer, that he virtually saw no antisocial behaviour down at the Scope Park, at Castle Park, or on um, other parts of Fradgham. Um, as soon as the programme finished, of course, then it started again. Um, it, it was that successful, actually. I got asked to speak at a hotel in Ellesmere Port and be one of three. Um, they funded over 50 summer programmes, but as we were seen as so successful, we were asked to speak there and say what we thought, why we'd been so successful, and of course, because we work with teenagers. And a lot of places now um, don't work with teens. They finish at age 11 or 12, and we work still with young people up to 19. Um, Neil, obviously, is not here, but me and Neil are um, aware of and seeing an increase in county lines drug gangs that are running from Liverpool over into this village trying to recruit young people. It's a massive problem. The youth club and Neil, obviously, we're on the front line of that, so we are watching what's going on. Um, I do a lot of work now at TAF, so team around the family, working with young people who come to youth club and are at Helsby High School and their families to give them support. I've got two young people currently who I work with, their social worker with them, with child in need. So the job has changed a lot. Um, I guess your fund, well, your funding, without your funding, we will at best reduce service. At the worst, we will close because we, we are constantly fundraising, but your money that you give us doesn't come with a label of what we have to spend it on because nobody wants to pay for staff, nobody wants to pay to put the lights on or the gas bill, everybody wants to buy a football net or a basketball hoop or a football, that's all good, but if you haven't got any staff and you can't pay the bills, then we're in a mess. So, um, as I say, I know you've been very good to us and we do fundraise a lot and we've had round table and lots of different bits of funding. At the moment we have got Cheshire West funding um, secured up until August 2020. The reason why we got two years funding from them was because we applied in August 2018 and they said yes, but we didn't get the funding until April 2019. So because it took so long, and Lynn helped me in the end, because it took so long, um, we were afraid that we weren't even going to be able to pay the staff. We got in touch with Cheshire West and said, it took us seven months to get our first funding. Can you honour us in second year? So they'd give us two years funding instead of one because it took them so long to give the funding. Anyway, does anybody have any questions? What would you want from us? Just Money? Yes. And a lease? Yes. <laughs> in a nutshell? Yes. I would like some security. I didn't realise we were in such a vulnerable position until we had the fire alarm issue that came up. Um, and obviously, um, local people were very good to us and supported us. Um, but I guess I didn't realise that I was in a building that 
we are vulnerable and we, we don't own that building. You own the land, the community association own the building. Farchim Youth Association is a tenant without a lease, without any rights. And um, I didn't realise I was in that position, to be honest. Um, so yes, I guess we want more security in that building. Um, and then secondly, yeah, we would like some funding, um, if possible. Council, Donna, quickly. Oh, yes. Can you just ask how much uh, crack, the crack funding was? The last funding was? Yes, it was 15,000 for last year, and it's 15,000, well, it's just short, 14,700, whatever, um, up until August 2020. Generally, what crack do, though, if they funded you for that year, then they don't fund you for the following. So I'm hoping they do, but generally that's how it, in the last 10 years, do that's what they tell you what you can spend that money on, or is it just... Oh yeah, you have. Oh yeah. So they'll put out criteria of what they will fund. Um, so we got LGBTQ money at one point, and we started our LGBT group. But then the next year, it, that won't be their focus. Their focus will be Sundays, or will be Tuesday nights, or will be girls' where They change it every year. Councillor <coughs> Yes. Uh, congratulations for looking after the um, what I call the ones that are the most needed. Um, and working with now the um, Crime Commissioner on bullying, um, finding it more and more how helpful that the youth clubs are being in the situation. And I think um, also the feeding side of it. I am a little disappointed, and you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. That the LGBT group has sort of... Absolutely. Well, do you know what happened? No, I just heard that... Because we're, I know we've got a very vulnerable person at the moment that we're working Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Can I tell you briefly? Yeah. We ran that group for two years and it was so successful and it was great. You yeah. know that. I know. And at the time the school didn't even have a rainbow club. They had not, no LGBT work. And on the back of that my young people went into school and started that club. And then what we decided to do is because the funding was finishing, we funded it ourselves and we got, um, and I've gone drawn a blank, what are their names? Proud Trust. We got the Proud Trust in to run the group and it fell apart. Mm. And after a year, I had a very difficult conversation with them about, do you know how hard I did to build this group and it fell apart. We, we went, so that, I finished that because no one was going. Got back in touch with the young people. I've been into school, so I work with the Rainbow Club in school. We would like to start it back up at Youth Club. But, uh, but we need some funding and we need some support and also I feel passionately about it has to be somebody who is LGBTQ to run that group and I've got somebody waiting and he's ready to run the group but we just haven't got the funding, they can't even pay for we've got a £3,000 deficit by the end of March that I haven't even covered yet so to start something new is just not viable at the moment till we get the funding up at this club we're, you know, we're victims of our own success you know, we've become so big and so successful, which is great, but it takes funding. Nikki, could you just give me an idea, a yeah. ballpark figure, of how much it would be to set that group up again? Can I send? Can I see yeah. what we did? I'll send it to you. I'll look at the budget, what we did for 2018-19. I mean, it was an amazing group. We, we went to Gyro in Liverpool, we went to Pride twice. We did great. I thought I was handing it over to <coughs> Trust. They're the experts. They'll run it. Fantastic. I couldn't have. No, you did a better job yourself. I couldn't yeah. have made a worse mistake, and I thought, it's oh not my. Your, it's not your. Sorry, I'm yeah. just It's not your fault that you thought you were going to someone mm. who would continue this yeah. and had the right moves, but unfortunately, the Proud Trust is 
And there is young people. There's young people at the club at the moment. I mean, we've got a gender-neutral toilet. We've got two young people who are non-binary um, who are coming to youth club every week. So I would love to start that group again. But I want to sustain. I don't start anything for young people unless it's sustainable and they continue. Because I hate to let young people down. Okay. And as you say, we are working with a lot of young people that the rest of Frodgham closes their eyes off to and doesn't yeah. see. Okay, well that's that's brilliant. Thanks, Nikki. I'm aware we've got a very full agenda that's fine. tonight. So Great. Okay, thank thanks thank you for listening, guys. Thank you very much. I've got to go because we've got our trustee meeting tonight. Okay. I've got to go there now and talk to them. Okay. Thank, thank you, guys. Right, moving on then. Public speaking time. We've got uh, Pauline Scott to speak to us. Okay, Diane McNamara. Am I right to say? Yes, yes certainly. Okay. Um, I'm here to discuss a couple of items that are on the agenda this evening. Um, I'd like to ask Frodgham Town Council to reconsider the options appraisal proposed for deciding the future of Greengates Park. The option appraisal process is in addition to the public consultation which will have to take place before any final decision can be made by Frodgham Town Council. As we've been advised that there will have to be a public consultation with all Frodgham residents why is it necessary to go through an options appraisal? One big advantage to not having to go through the options appraisal would be that there would be no restricted working group and therefore no requirement for any member of the public to have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. The future of Greengates Park is a major interest to Frodgham residents and it would be in the council's best interest to be seen as being open and transparent with all discussions regarding the future of Greengates Park. Following on from that, I would like to ask that the town councillors have a clear vote tonight on whether or not to go ahead with options appraisal. So, could one of the councillors here tonight please ask for a vote? on whether or not the options appraisal should go ahead. I would like to point out that the options appraisal was talked about during the working group meeting held on the 22nd of October, but as this was only an informal meeting, no vote was taken, and I for one didn't know what an options appraisal was, and this was not explained clearly. The fact remains that there was no detailed discussion regarding options appraisal at the meeting on the 22nd of October. The future of Greengates Parks has been undecided for many years and I would like to implore the current council members to be the ones who finalise plans for the future of the park 
The indecision has gone on for long enough, frustrating all involved. <clears throat> Please, let's go back to basics and focus on the most important issues. Fodgham Town Council do not finance any park in the Waterside Ward. Are they possibly waiting for an asset transfer of Saltworks Farm to Fodgham Town Council? Basically sacrificing Greengates Park and giving Cheshire Western Chester the chance to walk away from maintaining Saltworks. That has been previously discussed. Greengates Park has a covenant on it which clearly states the land will not be used otherwise than as a children's playground. I appreciate many people won't acknowledge Facebook as a method of gathering public opinion. I would like it noted that the removal of the covenant from this land has incensed residents throughout Frodsham. A basic question asked on the Frodsham Facebook page, should the covenant be removed, came back with a response of over 400 people voting no to removal of the covenant. A survey carried out by Greengate's Community Project which targeted residents within the Waterside Ward, came back with a resounding yes to Greengates Park being returned for use as a park. I can assure the council tonight that there is outrage within Frodsham that our town council would want a restrictive covenant lifted, no matter how much money could be involved. I would like to ask Frodgham Town Council to consider the following. Number one, is options appraisal really necessary in the decision-making process regarding the future of Greengates Park? Number two, please have the grass cut on the park. The area is an absolute eyesore. How can Waterside residents have any pride in their community? when some of the people who they elected to look after their community don't care how it looks. Greengate's community project have been told on many occasions by some councillors that they will not be able to obtain funding to rejuvenate the park. As Frodgham Town councillors are the landowners, please give the project permission to apply for funding. If no funding is achieved, then what has Frodsham Town Council lost? The councillors could be proved right, and then they would have the right to say, we told you so. Greengate's community project want to work with Frodsham Town Council to achieve what could be something truly special for everyone. And I truly cannot understand why there appears to be so much opposition. Surely what is best for Frodsham is what we all aspire to achieve. Thank you.
So I was only received this morning, so I don't know whether councillors have had the opportunity to read. Have councillors had the opportunity to read the report from the Frodsham Community Association that Councillor Dawson sent yeah. through this morning and I circulated? Does anybody need a copy of it? Please. Thank you. So just Graham, does Reeves want to talk to this report? I'd rather leave it until... I would rather leave it in the microphone, because then we'd be proceeding with no... Okay, then, um, Graham Reeves from the Community Centre, you want to talk about this? Uh, good evening. So parts of this report were already circulating. Um, th this is really just a, a summary where we've reached with our discussions uh, with Project News Association um, and a bit of history because uh, <coughs> the, 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 I think over the years it's come a lot of uh, say wrong impressions and misinformation uh, that is just sort of which we're fighting against and trying to clarify the positions uh, of the people involved. Now, if I, I mean, I'll, I'm happy to take questions on this paper, but if I take you briefly through it, um, it, it starts off, well, it actually starts off with uh, saying where we are. We've had 50 years of successful operation in the community centre. And this year we were honoured to receive the, the Queen's Award, um, uh, not for me and not for the people who are running it now, but for all the volunteers over the year helped to run it and keep it going. I mean we are reliant on volunteers. We have a few paid staff uh, doing caretaking and cleaning and the like, but it's the volunteers that actually run it. Um, even before the premises were built, when we're talking about the, uh, the 60s now, um, the, the, there were two groups of people. One lot were trying to create a community centre and another uh, a youth club, but they worked closely together. In fact, some some of the people were in both uh, both committees. Uh, but they were constituted as two independent charities uh, with their own bank accounts and, and their own committees. Um, now, the land in which the, the building that we share is built uh, is owned by Frontier Town Council, and it's leased to the community association. I mean, technically it's actually, it can't be leased to the community association because the community association isn't uh, a legal entity for the purposes of leases. So, there are three people, two at the moment, there are two people who uh, are, are trustees and they do very little in that role other than hold the lease on our behalf. Now, at the moment, these two people are also involved in the community association, but in the past we have a member of the youth club taking one of the roles. Um, there are a number of conditions placed on that lease, um, largely that it should be insured and kept in good order. But it's not the trustees that do that, it's the council of the community association. 
because there are two groups that went down to London to get the money, um, on the way back they said, well, one group has got the money, so we'll have now to the one group. So we set up the uh, Project Community Association, the council of it. And that council, is, um, there are members, memberships available for both the, the Youth Association and the Community Association. Uh, and as far as I know, um, that is still the case. So, when you talk about ownership of the building, the people that own it, the people that are responsible for servicing it, insuring it, are not the trustees. They are the, the council of the uh, community association, which includes the youth club. So we are a building run by community association and the uh, youth association. Uh, and we share in the responsibilities of running the building. There's no external funding of the community uh, centre. All the wages, maintenance, insurance costs, utility bills, etc., um, served by the higher charges and fundraising activities that uh, we carry out. The constitution of the FCA provides that the finances are applied to further the object of the association as written down in the constitution, which is the constitution mainly of the um, community centre. Um, and we can spend the money that we have only on these objectives. The youth club are funded separately and we can't fund them. And that, that's quite common for charities. I mean, we only can spend our money on what our objectives say. Uh, then the, the last paragraph in that page is just repeating what I said earlier about the trustees. Um, I suggested I could give you sort of an idea of the, the financial position. Uh, in our latest set of annual reports, which are currently um, just finishing their examination, uh, we had a declared income, a turnover, uh, of 130,000 against expenditure of 110,000. It's a reasonable surplus. We try and have one so we can build up our assets or, or reserves for uh, building repairs. Uh, these as assets stand at the moment 125,000, which is comfortably more than the 12 month running costs, which is our target. Um, in the current year, we've spent more than 12,000 on improvements to fire safety, and uh, that's on top of the ones uh, that the youth club uh, spent. And we expect to spend another 16,000 on flat roof repairs in the coming year and uh, refurbishment of uh, the office, which is long overdue. Now, one of the reasons for having that level of reserve is because we are not yet an incorporated body. So there is a liability or potential, uh, personal, potential personal liability uh, we can't meet our bills uh, that would pass to the trustees. Now, 
we want to protect them. It's difficult enough finding people to be trustees without threatening them with um, sort of financial penalties for doing so. Once we become a CIO, we could run at a lower level reserve, and so we'd have more money to spend on the uh, loan. Uh, the attached list, which is the back, uh, shows some areas that we briefly discussed with the uh, youth club uh, as to how we can bring in more money to benefit them as well as ourselves. Um, and I think we should move forward on that. There's been a bit of a hiatus over the last few years uh, when the youth club became an incorporated organisation. Um, and, but for an example, and something we can do very quickly, uh, if we brought in one uh, booking per week to the uh, youth club, that would cover the cost of the insurance which uh, so paid for this year. And more than that, then it becomes easier for them to add the bits of maintenance and development in particular to their function. Now, I'm sure if anyone understood what I said about the, the Constitution and the, the lease and how it all works out, I produced a sort of diagram. Uh, so the things to notice are that the FCA Council goes across both institutions, uh, both FYA and FCA. Uh, but the, our trustees are there principally to hold the um, contracts with employees, the bank accounts, the contracts with uh, utilities, and of course the lease. Um, so other than that, our organisation and the youth club organisation are very similar. We would like to become a CIO, as they are, and then it would be just about identical. So why haven't you become a CIO already? Because I know you talked about it quite a long time ago. Yes, we did. Um, there's no, well, there's lots of reasons why we might not. Uh, one, that we need the approval of our council. Uh, secondly, we thought when we started that we would need a formal change to the lease to do it. Um, now we believe that we don't actually need a change to the lease, but we do need your cooperation to move forward. So when you said you needed uh, the agreement, to, you meant the FCA Council for you to become a yeah, CIO? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we've got, um, we have discussed it with them and we've got agreement in principle, but you know, there's a whole new constitution which mirrors the old one, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Uh, but that needs to be formally approved. Any other questions? Yeah. So basically, all you're looking for is some approval from the council? No, not no. the council. No, the, the approval we need from the council is the FCA council. Not, not, uh, not but, we, but because we are changing, well basically we're not even changing our name, we put you know, the name on the lease, we transfer from, on the names on the lease, we transfer from the trustees to the new body. And according to our constitution, we're allowed to do that. But I think you would want to have a say in it as well. Possibly. I think it's, it's very useful for you to work this out. Because I think, as you say, there have been a lot of misunderstandings mm -hmm. about the relationship between the two 
community association and the youth association. So it's useful to have this documented now and understand how you I mean, are working together. The way, we, the way we think of it is that we are an organisation with a building which is owned by the people who use it. So it's uh, our the FCA council is made up of the people who hire the halls, the halls on a regular basis mm. uh, and the youth club who are the other half of it, you'll have the other third bit. Okay. Yeah. Last time we met we were talking about getting a better relationship with mm. the youth club yeah. to make it a more well, best for, for both worlds. For yes. both. Has that progressed? We it was mentioned earlier on about the, um, the fire issue and the need to have a lease. I think we've had a, we've now talked about it and explaining the, the structure of this. The, neither of us have a lease for the building, I would suggest. We've got a lease for land. Um, but that's because the ownership is spread between us and we can't lease it to ourselves. So, so, so we don't need a lease. So Frodsham Youth Club still hasn't got a lease? No. Because that stops some of their funding, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Um, we oh, in the past... Sorry. No, it, it, it seemed to. Um, but in the past, we applied for grants and successfully and got them. Um, the Youth Club have applied for grant, capital grants and uh, received them. I mean, there's, their part of the building is about double in size. I talked about this last time. Uh, doubled in size over the last 20 years. And all with uh, grants from various bodies. Um, I think more clear, we discussed this recently with uh, Councillor Dawson as well, um, that if, when we next, when we want to apply for a grant, or when the youth club want to apply for a grant, then we apply for it jointly. So then there's no argument about um, leases and ownership. Okay. Right, well, I think nobody's got any more questions at all. That, that will be useful to inform the discussion that we have later. Yes, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Right, so we move then on to um, Cheshire West report, Councillor Riley, and Dorothy. As we've got a very, very long agenda, I appreciate it if you could just focus on the Frodham relevant bits. Okay. Um, well, we've got further anyway, so yeah, uh, we're okay. not going to be saying anything particularly okay. uh, controversial. So you've got, you've got Castle Park later on the agenda, so we can probably cover that off. Absolutely. What I'm just going to circulate to you is the draft course for the potential Youngsters Park Club in uh, Castle Park. It's there as a draft, uh, so if you want or can uh, criticise it, please do and drop me an email uh, afterwards. The intention is to run at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. We will intend to lock the car against, to the park against cars 
uh, to minimise risks associated uh, with that. We're running it on paths and what have you, but there is a summer course, which I'll now circulate as well, which will use the, uh, the top field. The other thing that Cheshire West has resolved to do is to name the running track at the top of the top field after uh, former councillor and honorary alderman Mary Birkenhead um, and uh, her husband Frank. Uh, more of that in due course. Uh, indeed. So again, um, this is a great opportunity for those of you not familiar with Park Run. It's a, a national scheme whereby anybody can basically turn up and run with their children for 2K, all part of um, the national um, obesity agenda, health and wellbeing, uh, just having a, a, a good time in our uh, in our community. So again, uh, you know, um, I'm hoping that uh, Front and Town Council will support us in that. Um, both in terms of uh, do, do come and bring your children to run with us. Any volunteers would be great, uh, gratefully uh, welcomed. And um, you know, if you could use your own uh, resources to publicise this so that it goes out as far and wide and we get as many people um, out running on Sunday as possible, that would be great. The aim is to launch in the beginning of 2020, but we're meeting at Parkrun on the 7th of December. Uh, we've got a indicative team of 14 volunteers, whether they're all, they all can't turn up all the time, you know, it, 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 we need a big team of volunteers. And we've got a run director, a young man who's got uh, sports qualifications and events qualifications lined up and ready to, uh, to mastermind all this for us as well. But all help uh, and all publicity gratefully received. We anticipate that not only will children run from our own primary schools and secondary schools, but we'll attract it from uh, far afield. Because I think the nearest young, Youngsters Park run is uh, Nestle. Nestle. So there's a, there's a whole hinterland of people who might want to do it. And if you want to run the 5K one, do it on a Saturday. And the nearest one to us is either Delamere Forest or Phoenix Park. Mm. Should we talk Meadow Court? Uh, well, you all know, you've all had the consultation paper over Meadow Court. A lot of it remains uh, confidential at the moment. Uh, we are seeking meetings with senior people from William Vale Housing Trust and also from Cheshire West. The biggest priority for everybody must be to make sure that the people who use the services are treated with respect and that their immediate needs are met. Uh, unfortunately, the evidence shows that if you move older folk uh, from their homes, they, uh, they tend to have less good outcomes than you might otherwise expect. So one of the things we're going to be keen to see is that Cheshire West will be wrapping around whatever services are required to make sure that the, the residents have whatever is, uh, is needed. As many of you will know, the building is not in great condition and we Vale don't necessarily have the money to bring it up to standards and there are a significant number of vacancies there. But we also have to note that the facilities are also used not just by residents but also people on a day case basis. So it is a top priority for us. Um, indeed. Um, we've had a meeting today with um, the Office Corps at Cheshire West about the Household Waste and Recycling Centre. Um, um, members around the table and anybody in, in town knows that um, the hours were adjusted um, uh, over a year ago now and um, one, one of the benefits uh, of that change, although it uh, unfortunately closed our tip, uh, on uh, a couple of days is that the council now has quite a lot of data about the usage. Uh, they'd floated a number of um, proposals uh, initially through the, uh, through the councilors and we'd had quite a lot to say about 
some of that, uh, and it's now looking that they're uh, they're, they're seeking to change the days that the the, the um, tip will be uh, closed, so that there are two days closed together. Uh, so we've had a little bit of a, um, a frank and open uh, about uh, aligning the uh, opening time so that they are a little more consistent and sensible, so uh, a nine o'clock start and a yeah. five o'clock close every day rather than chopping and changing on different days, to put the two days together um, and to take Wednesday, Thursday as the proposal going forward rather than Thursday and Friday. So, um, the other interesting thing for the figures is that Frodsham residents, I'm saying Frodsham residents, we're assuming the people who use the facility at the station are Frodsham residents, uh, dispose of at least a third more of material by way of mass, by way of weight, than others do. Now that would tend to suggest there's either something peculiar about us lot, or there's something interesting about the statistics. And there's at least one wrinkle with statistics. We are unusual that some people will bring material into the recycling centre by hand. Now that would tend to, they're not counted as such, so that would tend to artificially increase the recorded uh, mass of material disposed of, but I still think we as a community are disposing of more material than others in the borough. Now there could be a reason for that, and that is there are a lot of large gardens um, in Frodsham, and therefore the green waste that is disposed of might be accounting for it. One of the things Cheshire West wants to push is that there is, uh, if you want a second green bin, for example, you can have it. I think it's £40 a year for that, something like that. Um, and they would prefer to pick the green waste up from uh, the curbside than having people go into the uh, recycling centre. But what, whatever is going on, uh, we, we're different. Unique. Yeah. As ever, as we all know. We all know that. But it, it's, worth, it's worth looking at it. But I am pleased with the proposal is to increase the hours at our opening. Uh, so that people will be able to recycle from 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay, um, we're also doing uh, a little bit of work at the moment with the um, History Society uh, here in uh, Frodham. As we know, we've got uh, a very fabulous archive with some really interesting things in. They have long resided Harry Potter style in the cupboard up the stairs rather than under the stairs. And um, uh, you know, they really have some ambition to um, re-categorise and re-record um, uh, what we have so that it's a little bit more uh, meaningful and accessible for um, the whole town really. Um, Cheshire West has had a, a, a sizeable um, HLF grant to proceed with the county archive and we're getting quite a bit of support from the archivists in terms of um, you know what the future of our archive could look like but we are very much looking for a new home for it, and are currently doing the rounds with the with the group, looking for uh, suitable accommodation for them to do that. And we have offered members grant support to go along with it, and as you can well imagine, with the youth association, the community association discussions, one of the suggestions we've made is, wouldn't it be great if they could go and use part of the youth association building so we could get some more money in uh, there too? But whether that can come out will remain to be seen. Indeed. Uh, so we heard from Nikki earlier about uh, some of the work that uh, is taking place through the <coughs> amazing Youth Association. Uh, we were really delighted that the summer reading programme, which was a half a million pound scheme around holiday hunger, made its way to Frodsham because quite often we are overlooked for all the wrong reasons. 
So to see that programme and its update uh, over um, you know the whole of the six weeks holiday was phenomenal. We've also um, um, you know obviously funded the summer reading challenge yeah. forever, which is one of our favourites, and we finally managed to get the Fun Palace. Uh, into the library. Now, if anybody didn't go to the Fun Palace, you really missed a trick. You've never seen such an amazing uh, group of young people having such a wild time in a very, very noisy library. So we really have um, you know, ambitions to do that again. Um, uh, I, I personally would like to say thank you to Judith, who seems to single-handedly be trying to uh, Corral Christmas for us. Uh, there's a bit of a call out on Facebook for volunteers, so there are 16 uh, seats around this table, and you would all be very, very welcome on Saturday to come and volunteer in a little way to come out and help. There's still quite a lot of work to do, so thank you, Judith. Come on, councillors, it's Christmas, it only happens once a year, and it's going to be marvellous uh, this time around. And finally from me, one of the issues I have with Cheshire West and Members' Grants is we are increasingly being asked to fund out of our Members' Grant things which I think really Cheshire West should fund out of itself, such as the £1,000 for traffic regulation orders and the like. So I'm resisting those sorts of applications so that we can fund, fund things like the fund power, so that we can make sure that the Youth Association has funding, etc. Um, and I've got Chief Executive to agree that he will look into it because I actually think it's something of a plan at Cheshire West End to make sure that it keeps as much of the Members' Grant money as it has within its own walls. I don't think that's the purpose of it. Um, just final call out, uh, Cheshire West is consulting on its uh, have your say on the next council plan. So in February of um, next year we will set the budget, the four year budget for Cheshire West around stronger communities. Uh, I would urge everybody to participate in that exercise if you can, it's all online, you can click and you can make your representation. So Frodham unfortunately has been a little bit light, shall we say, on investment in some of our core facilities and our core uh, infrastructure. <coughs> We're really hoping that this time round uh, we can rely on uh, a little bit more largesse coming our way, but we need the voice of our community behind us rather than uh, Dawson and Riley banging on at uh, full council as, uh, <coughs> as, as two out of 70. We have full council on the 28th, which would restricted by PERDA, but it will include things like the multi-million uh, pound Northgate scheme. And I mention that because that's going to be relevant in a moment or two around the state. Mm. Okay, so happy to answer any questions. I've got, just got one question relating to Meadow Court, because it came quite a shock to all of us very recently when we got the note round about its closure, potential closure. Yeah. Were you as Cheshire West Councillors aware of it before us? No, it was a, I got the consultation about um, four days ahead of you guys. Right, because what I am upset about is that I don't know of anybody around this table that wants Meadow Court to close. We all feel very, very sorry for the residents. And I'm really upset that all the accusations on social media that we're all accepting brown envelopes and we knew about it months ago. I just want it on record that we did not know until the note came round a week or so ago. And there's, we weren't, certainly weren't aware of it. I had an assurance from um, 
with their housing trust some time ago that they had no plans to close it. So I think I think if you wanted those assurances, you know, you as a council could write to Weaver Vale um, um, to ask them for their timeline on the consultation. I think you know. Uh, by no means condoning anybody not knowing, but there is invariably a statutory consultation process that by you know statutory right they have to go through. And the priority is obviously to work first and foremost with those most affected, which are the residents, the service users and the staff, before we go uh, you know, wider afield. So I think you will probably find that they've follow followed to the letter, but obviously you know, this is a very difficult time, which, uh, you know, we're, we're all here really to support the, the residents and the uh, staff and service users. And, and just to <coughs> clarify, when we were told the Terrible few days in advance, or the few chaps, we were informed on a confidential basis we were not free to distribute the information, but obviously yeah. it's now public, so we can talk about yeah. it. I will declare an interest because I obviously work at Meadow Court. And we are, I work for Quack in Meadow Court, and we are under consultation. But all the residents in Meadow Court have been told by Weaver Vale Housing Trust that it will definitely be closed by June. And I have been in the meeting, so I've heard it firsthand. Judith? Yeah. So, I can sorry. talk about this firsthand because it happened to I'm my just a minute. Sorry, sorry, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to ask, is there any way that we can have dialogue with We Reveal Housing Trust in the consultation? Does anyone know if that's possible, if Frudgeon Town Council can have any dialogue? You, you can invite them to come to your next meeting? And, and I think they are actually asking for proposals as well for what people might think the building what could happen to it or, you know, whatever. But I know there's a lot of money needs spending on it. Okay, I can speak first-hand because my mother was in a Weaver Vale housing trust facility in Barnton and it happened very, very quickly. One minute she got a letter. Unfortunately, my mum was in hospital at the time. One minute we got the letter and it seemed like a couple of months later she was being told, that's it. So I sympathised and I, for one, um, I've had a lot to do with medical and I think it's a great shame. I don't and think it will be as quick as, as maybe other places because it's the extra care scheme that runs in there yeah. and we are looking at a lot of vulnerable people. One lady's 97, she's lived there for 20 years. I've got another man, 93, he's lived there for tw 21 years. <coughs> It got to be our first concern. Okay. They have. That's what we, all as staff members, yeah. are concerned about. I think what we need to remember this is, of course, being recorded, so we don't want to get into any personal details. If we could ask the town clerk to write to Weavervale and invite them to a meeting here, mm -hmm. and then those of us that are able to attend. Mm -hmm. My worry about that, Councillor Critchley, is that our next meeting's not until January. We could ask for, it doesn't have to be a council meeting, it could just be a, an, informal, an informal. Okay. Well, I suggest we have a special meeting of this council, and we do it outside the Perda period, so that we're able to talk frankly and freely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we'll call an extra one, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's, exa it's exactly what happened with you at court, it tells me, yeah. on the same principle as Council of Bolton said. Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll ask them for that well, meeting. Have, have, I've asked about medical just one or two steps and they have told me 
they are adamant human. Okay, well, we'll, we'll have an opportunity. Well, hopefully they'll agree to come and talk to us. I'm sure. Okay, thanks for that. Thank you. Thank you. Right, moving on to 118, co-option, to consider whether to co-opt to fill the current um, it's Castle Park vacancy. Following the notice from the monitoring officer. Um, I'm wondering if we are able to do this before the election anyway. Do we want to do it before the election? Yeah. Should we just go for co-option at the next full council meeting? So yeah. defer this item and consider at the next full council? Yeah. No, Advertise it for... Well, you, you need the oh, council to make the decision whether you are going to co-op at, co at this point. All right, then. Do well, we, you I'll propose that we co-op. So we've got Phil proposing that we co-op. I'll second it. Right, we'll vote on that. Yeah. Okay. Do we have one abstention? Yes. Right. Um, but so I should go ahead and appetise the person. Well, should yeah. we perhaps defer the advertisement until after the election? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because we've, we've got sort of all of January, most of January to... So after the 12th of December? Yeah. No problem. I think people have got enough on the mind thinking about <laughs> elections in <and> Christmas. <laughs> Okay, um, right, 119, Street Play area. Chair, before you start, can I just thank uh, Councillor Hayes for the amount of work that she's done on this uh, with Joe. Um, so about that minute, please. Uh, before we start, I'd like it to be minuted, but I submitted quite a lengthy document to be included in the options appraisal that have been blacked out, ignored, and I would like that also like it minuted that the process of the options appraisal have a direct influence on the outcome as the criteria that you choose to judge something on has an influence on what your overall findings are. Um, and I'd like that minuted as well. If this is in Perda at the moment and we can't talk about other things to do with the play area, this options appraisal has great significance of how it would be, what the outcome would actually be to what you actually judge it on. Because we did a lot of research when we did our presentation and it was about children and play standards, it was about health and well-being, it was about the pollution, uh, it touches on antisocial behaviour, we've done a consultation and none of those things are actually included in the options appraisal and for that reason I disagree with its use. Okay, well perhaps we should have the discussion then about the options appraisal. Um, Helen, do you want to, are you going to talk about it? Yeah, I can do. Um, obviously we came together as an informal group um, to discuss the Green Gates project and from my my viewpoint it felt that the council was incapable of making any decisions about what it was going to do um, with the piece of land um, and I think Councillor Stockton I think you alluded to how you used to work previously you used to have an options appraisal or a project appraisal I myself have conducted quite a number of these with local authorities as well um, so suggested that if there were a number of options on the table that the council were wishing to consider 
that would it be a viable position to actually put them to an options appraisal. Um, so uh, usually what we do is, is an evaluation of models against four main themes, desirability, viability, feasibility and social value as well. Um, typically there are, are the questions that are asked. Um, and I think Lucy, just to pick up on your point about things like your pollution and things like that, they'd all come into this when we're talking about desirability. So each of the options would have a look at each of those options uh, as, a, as a point in case. Um, and potentially, yeah, children's health, well-being will all come into those kind of questions around desirability, feasibility, viability, and particularly social value as well. It's not really mentioned so, on the information that's been circulated in those terms, so it would be quite difficult to vote on it because it would be quite ambiguous as to one of those things would definitely be part of it. Well, I can't hear over there. Could I so, just say something? Yeah. Um, I've done many major projects during my working career. And when you do a major project, you sit down and you look at options. This is not making the decision. This is looking at what criteria we are going to use to make the decision. I disagree with the criteria because the, all the work I submitted to go with that has not been listed in here. doesn't touch on any of the actual reasons why you wouldn't keep the park open. It doesn't touch on all the research that was presented. I'm sorry Lucy, but you, you're missing, but you're, going to, you're jumping to about step five. We are only at step one. What, what we're trying to do, or Helen, who has done a fantastic job, of actually pulling together how we will start on this road. Major projects, you don't just go in and start with the detail. You start with objectives, if one, for one thing. Um, but it, it is very top level. You're not into the detail. This is the top level stage. We're, on, we're just starting the process. And out of that, we'll, you'll start to drop things out and you will see then what you continue with. You're making too many assumptions. We're not at that stage. This stage is just to say, this is the kind of process we're going to follow. Am I right in thinking that all of this research and background work will feed in mm, to that particular option? Absolutely. It won't be ignored? No. So no work's been done at the moment other than the, the Green Gates project. Um, and that project will be looked at in full as part of the options appraisal. But then each of the other options, what we'd have to do is we'd have to produce some report of some description yeah. to basically to outline each of the other options in much the same way as the, as the Green Break Projects has, has done. Okay. And then each of those options gets looked at and we kind of answer those questions yeah. going through. Phil? In, in the background, what I've worked in, when you have a concern or a problem, you always have to have a number of options of how you would deal with the concerns or whatever it might be. And you start, as Caroline said, at a very high level. Then you're developing the requirements, the details, who wants this. You may find, Lucy, that we need this to go in. And that can be added on, whatever it might be. And then you can come to some kind of rationale for this is the way to go. 
You may have disagreements along the way, but you've got to be able to come with some kind of ideas out of the clouds to say we could do this, we could do that, and then develop various proposals which wouldn't mess out those things. It would develop and you'd come down to specifics. We need this or we need that. And it's got to be done by this time or whatever it might be. Can I ask, was there an options appraisal done on the Park Lane Park? And if not, why not? No, because no, we, fo we formed our own group. We never had any councillors involved. We were the friends of John Williamson. We had yeah. no councillors involved whatsoever. And all the storm was a survey. Behind. It was a relatively small did, amount of yeah. well, yeah, yeah. 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 I just don't understand why the, this park has got to have an options appraisal and the other parks haven't. The, I completely agree with you. The Park Lane one was part of the three town um, questionnaire that was done in, what year was it? The play strategy, wasn't it? The play strategy, it was part of that. So, in, in effect, there had been a town-wide consultation at that stage. But time moves on. It, it's like the Lakes one, Townfield Lane. When the play strategy was done, a lot of the residents on the Lakes Court were elderly people. But when it when they we started to look at refurbishing that, a lot of young people moved on the estate. So, you know, it, Decisions were made at the time based on the information and views available, but that you know. It but that's still not asking. That's still not actually answering why we need an options appraisal for this park, and there wasn't one on the other parks. I would have liked an options appraisal. The first known we got of it, it was up for sale and contracts were being exchanged. Oh. Yeah. It was advertised on the internet. And it was only through me looking a bit around at night that I come across it. I would have gone all through this, but we were exchanging contracts. Yeah. Offers had been accepted. Yeah. And it was that, that last minute we managed to pull it back and it took us six years. Yeah. So I would have loved an options appraisal, because at least I could have thought from the beginning, but it would be coming right in at the end of it. Yeah. I think the other thing as well, it was a relatively relatively small amount of money to upgrade an existing yeah. play area. The problem with Ship Street is, for whatever reason, and one of the people around this table, or maybe I'm Frank, were involved in that decision. That land has been left fallow, and it needs a vast amount of money to bring it back into a play area. So that's a really big chunk of the town's money that is going to be spent if we go down that route. Deborah. I just think that we should just keep it simple. Do we open the park or do we sell the land? Why, why do you have to have an option to appraisal? It's just because you want to spend 150 to 200,000 on bringing it up to the, you know, your, your sort of dream option. But doesn't that come into the consultation? It's for the way right down the road, road yeah. Can I ask a yeah. Was I at a different meeting? When we had that open discussion, we all said we hadn't come with a fixed thing in our mind. Uh -huh. And we all said we'd go away and we'd discuss it and talk about the options that we had on the table. And now you're coming back and saying you're not happy with that. I, said, I, I turned around from what I originally wanted and said, yeah, let's build that and get a park there and do this and do that. And that was fine until, we, until a week later, 
and you'd forgot what you'd all agreed. No, 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 not at all, Councillor Poulton. As a group, we sat around and discussed things. And personally, I thought that was going to be the way forward. That as councillors and members of Greengate would have sat around and come eventually to some conclusion about what was going to happen with this land. That is what I thought. So why didn't you say at the meeting when they agreed that they were going to do the option appraisal? Well, it was right to the very end. I don't know. I didn't know what an options appraisal was. It was. It came at the end, and that was. And we went. I had no idea what an options appraisal was. I think you agreed that the why Little Park didn't have an option appraisal was there wasn't any other options going. The only one thing that the public wanted to do there, and, the, and it was a fudge and white thing that they wanted just to go ahead and because they were an individual group, they were going out for grants and they were going out for everything else. They never kept they hardly ever came to the council. We can't go out for grants and Councillor Dawson, sorry. Can I just say I'm tall in relation to this. I'm tall for several reasons. I, I agree with the design for simplicity. I'm also very conscious that if you do an options appraisal, are we saying the options appraisal is going to bind us? I don't believe we are. I think what we're saying is the options appraisal could be there to guide us. Mm -hmm. But even if it is there to guide us, if you're fixed in your view that you want one solution or another, is it actually going to help? So I'm, I'm left in the situation of saying, yes, it's a, obviously it's a very good idea to actually weigh up what's going on. Without being rude to the people who have been involved in it, I think it's showing too much science in something which actually will come down to a feeling, gut feeling, and how you want to, uh, you want to deal with it. Um, but I, I recognise if you were dealing with this completely commercially and you were looking, at, and if we were all rational, God forbid, if we were all rational, um, it's the way that you'd go. But I, I'm, I'm torn between the idea, yes, it must be right to say, we're going to score all the different options and this one is the best for whatever reason, but we're then going to vote on it. And hand on heart, how many of us are going to look at that score and say, of course I'm going to follow that route because I, I fear, I think, so many are going to say, well, I don't care what the scoring is, I want to go for whatever option it is. And I, and I, I fear we're caught in that little bit of a trap. I would say that it depends who's scoring it and then exactly on what criteria will have a large influence on what it could be. So one person might score it one way and another person might score it another way. So there is actually a large margin for variance. I also disapprove of the idea that it's done by a restricted group of councillors as opposed to full council because it's quite a contentious issue and everybody, there's a lot of people that want their voice to be heard. Hello. So I hear what you're saying and I get that completely um, and I think at the session where the councillors come together it'll be, it'll be moderated so by all means the councillors that are going to sit in, in that working group you can feel free to talk to other councillors and discuss uh, your views, how you want to score. Um, but the session when you come together, will the four councillors or however many we decide will come together and we'll moderate those as well to make sure hopefully, and it is difficult, but some people have very, very fixed views, um, but there will have to be a reason about why, why a viewpoint isn't changing or if there's three councillors that have scored in a certain way and then another councillor's not scored. You can start to talk about around those things, but it, it, it is difficult, Different. and I, I'm kind of with you. I think what you're saying. going to have a working group, and anybody that wants to get involved in it should be able to get involved in it, like they have done all the working groups. I don't think there should be a restriction to one, one from each ward. 
I was just going to say the same thing. I think personally, I thought you in the past you set up a working group for the cemetery, and we were all asked if we wanted to come along and join in it. Then we could. I can't understand why this is restricted to one councillor. So again, just for, to keep it simple, I think what you were coming back to, I think as a, as a town council, there's potentially 16 people that would want to have a say. It's very difficult to moderate a session with that number of people. But I think if collectively, if ward councillors want to come together and then nominate the, the one representative, just to come to that moderation session, I think everyone absolutely is entitled to take part um, and, and have a view and go through all the options. But I think just to moderate the working group in, in terms of coming together. Is it your intention that there'll be feedback after every working group? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, we need to keep this as open and transparent. Mark? With these appraisals that I asked tonight for our funding, surely we can let them try for funding. What's, what's the arm on it? I think the only problem is if, if funding is agreed in principle and then we go for a different option, then that might, I don't know how the potential, potential funders would feel about it. They might feel that we've, you know, been misled. So, but I, I think the time scale on this is fairly tight, isn't it? We're not talking... No, we need to be quick. I think uh, everyone gets a sense of a frustration about a decision not being made, so I've tried to, to propose a quite a short time scale on this so that... Yeah, we're talking we about a final forward. decision by 27th of April. You say if there's three councillors that are all kind of looking as if they're voting one way, you might get another one that's looking like they're bringing something else to it. You might actually have three people that are predisposed, not determined, but predisposed to one view, and another one that's predisposed to another. Whereas these three that club <coughs> together potentially would be able to have the way that they would like to score it. And as I've mentioned before, there's a great ability for variance depending on what you score it on. You know, I said in the email, if you judge the goldfish by its ability to climb a tree up and its whole life thinking it's stupid. And it's exactly the same with the options appraisal. There's a great amount of variance. So, you know, those three that are agreeing together, they may be predisposed one way and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. It just means that they have the power for one person who maybe think thinks something we are else. Going around in circles a bit now, Helen. Yeah. Oh, I agree, and that's what the whole moderation session's around. Um, it's, it's people will score it as to, to what they believe, and that's why there's a discussion at that group. You discuss why we scored it a certain way, um, so you can understand people's reasonings behind that, and again, come to hopefully I, I think, some consensus. I mean, we are just but, going around in circles now, we're all saying the same thing. Well, we're really, we're just talking about the options appraisal at this stage. Are we going to have an options appraisal or not? I just wanted to speak because Mark said about the funding and you kind of poo-pooed him to say, well, what if we go in a different direction? But your reason for not doing it was because um, it's, there wouldn't no. be the money, there'd be no funding. But if we can raise the funding, then that, that obstacle would be gone. The, the problems that Mark had with funding was because Castle Park was just across the road. Yeah, well, we haven't got that problem, have we? We've got Saltworks not that far away. And that's it's what the funders would look at. I'm not, that's, but that's what the people who are you know, funding it would look at. Why do you want money for this? 
when you've got perfectly Can I just say as a, yes. a summing up that I think when we all sat round and had a discussion with councillors, green gates and everything, I really thought that was quite productive without an options mm. appraisal being yeah. involved in it. Well, I think we, we're stuck now. If we don't give equal consideration to the other options. Well, I've also got some more options. Point one to me. Councillor Dawson. It is, we've got to identify the options. Leaving aside the appraisal. Yeah. We've got to identify the options, and I'm not sure we've got a process for that at the moment. Well, we've listed five options that came up at the informal work. But don't we need to actually agree those and actually move forward, or agree with or invite more? Can I just say something? I'm not part of the working group for this options appraisal thing, but what's going to be the outcome of it? Is it all to decide whether the council agreed no, to sell or not? No, no. So why are, I, I'm quite confused we, about what the outcome We've got to is. go out to public consultation on it, and we've yeah. got to demonstrate that we have given adequate consideration to the options. When you say options, though? Yeah. The five that we... That are in this document. Surely um, there's only two options: sell or yeah. or reinstate. Yeah, just go back to no. basics and keep it simple. I think you've, uh, I agree with Debbie actually keeping it simple because it's going to go drag on and on yeah. and on, isn't it? We just and at the end of the day. So when you are hoping to put the consultation out then to the oh my God, not until not until we've done the options appraisal. I think we should scrap the options appraisal and just do a vote. Well, I think. Can we? I think we should go to a vote now on just on the principle: should we have an options appraisal or not? We can argue over the the detail of the options appraisal. That could be at the first, maybe the first working group, if you want to tweak what is there. But it's a, a tried and tested method, and we've got five options that came out of our informal meeting. Plus some more that I added that we ignored. So, can we have a proposal for the, uh, in principle, for an options appraisal? I'll propose it. Yeah. Seconder? Yes, we'll Caroline. All those in favour of an options appraisal? Why don't we count one, two, So what we haven't decided is the detail of that options appraisal. So what's the numbers on that vote, please? Nine. I can't nine. Can we can we just do it again, just make sure? And I will record it. So those in favour. So that's why I get to nine. 
how do you want to take it forward to tweak it? Um, well, we've, we asked for comments and we, we, I think we got a couple of comments. Yeah. Um, I guess taking it forward, we just, we just need it, yeah, if we can sit down with um, just a small small working group to decide on what the process is. I mean, that's what, what I've suggested is, is the process. So if that needs to be tweaked, then yeah, it's, it's how, how do we treat that? And I guess to have an understanding about what the options proposal is. So yep. taking Lucy's point, that, you know, we do go into all that detail, but at a much kind of later stage. Running alongside this options appraisal, can we not set a bit of a gallop? Can we not get this consultation done so that that hurdle is met? What would you to consult on if we've not had the appraisal options appraisal? And we might find we with the options appraisal, some of the options might just be you know, we might then appreciate that they're not viable. So that's the whole point of can, can I just yeah. make a comment? <clears throat> There's obviously a lot of high emotion involved yeah. in this. And certain people, I can't read minds, will have a strong point of view in one direction and another group of people will have a strong point of view in the other. And I think, if I can be, I can suggest that I am with a very open mind trying to do the right thing for the people of Waterside and in general, Frodsham. So if Helen would agree, could we work together as some kind of moderator or something? Can, can we work together to work out some ideas and, and see what options are possible? And then we could propose those to, to various group members uh, because I'll throw something on the table. If we decide that we're going to have a park in Green Gates as it was before, then there are grades of that. I think you quoted £150,000. I don't get going on the rough sort of estimates. Okay, that's, that's fine. But it could be for £20,000 you could get a step forward. Yeah? And £10,000, something else. So there are not just options of selling the whole business, you know, selling the whole thing, or are we going to have a park to Let's call it Lucy's design, if you know, know what I mean. No, I, th but I think that you, you're just extending the length of the process if you do that. These are just five options. Boom, 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 boom. I, I don't have a strong view on any one of them. I just want all of the five options, or if you want to introduce more, get the same level of so consideration, evaluation. Mm -hmm. Can, can I just confirm that you have just agreed to approve the options appraisal as circulated? Yeah. You have. No, 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 that wasn't what the vote, that, that's the, what the vote was phrase. for an options appraisal, not the options appraisal. It was it, this, uh, in principle. Um, so Donna, are you, are you proposing this? I'm proposing this options appraisal with oh, these five options. No, I second the options appraisal. Okay. 
All those in favour of this option appraisal? So that's seven in favour of this. Against Against Eight against. So the proposal is not carried. So where do we go from here? I'd like to propose that you just do a vote for either Selma Park or... No, we can't do that. You don't, you don't have the information on uh, land values, what the purposes might be, what the possibilities are. Why do you need to have that to decide what to do, um, what to do with it? Because we about can, we, can we not have another informal meeting like we have and all relevant people that wish to come can come and try and thrash this out? So you've actually got quite a lot of information the, here about the land value, it's public information. I think we should have a public meeting with all the public and... Until we've got the information and the appraisal of the options, there's no point in having a public meeting. Because what are we talking to the people about? Well, the judge wants to keep their cards, whether they can have it opened again, whether they can yes, open the gates and have the grass. People, what people we need, need, need to know about the costs. Mm -hmm. we've, we've done the well, costs. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm okay then. I think we'll defer it. Can I make a suggestion? We've agreed as a council that there should be a form of options and phrasing. Should we not set up a little working group to decide what that should be and to recommend back to us what that should be, together with formally putting to us what options they think should be? We've already I'm had sorry. that informal sorry, meeting. We've had that meeting. You weren't yeah, there. No. That was what was agreed at yeah. that little working group. It's, it's the logic of where we are now. No, but it was, it was a working group. It wasn't a committee. I'm sorry. Please, I'm sorry, members of the public are not sorry. allowed to speak no. in this part of the meeting. No. It wasn't a vote, though, at the meeting. This is not a public meeting, this is a council meeting. The public have a session at the beginning of the meeting where they're allowed to speak. I'm sorry, I don't want you to think that I'm not allowing you to speak. No, it's fair. I just think that what they're trying to say is that to have a meeting with us to get options yeah. for the appraisal, that is what I took from that. Yeah. And I don't think no, okay. that's a problem. Okay, I think we'll, we'll draw a line under this now. You want to have another meeting? Helen, will you work with Joe to organise a meeting for council? I'd like it to be for the public sure. as well. In the, in the I don't think we're, no, we're not I think we should at the stage where we can have a I think we should have a meeting, like we did last time, and we'll progress it further. An informal, but I think just councillors and members of gates. Can I just ask a question? Um, I know Bill said he'd quite happy to work alongside me and mm. kind of to, to moderate it. I'd, I'd welcome that if that's still. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Right. So we don't need then to go on to one, the other two parts. Of that so I'm going to minute that um, the options appraisal as circulated was rejected, not yeah. carried, and that the resolution from this meeting is that another informal meeting will be held mm -hmm. just with councillors. We did vote on having the options appraisal. We voted in the first vote was an options yeah. appraisal yeah. in principle. In principle. Yeah. The second vote was just that we wouldn't, not this, not, one. Yeah, not this one. I would like to make a comment on um, the idea that of uh, non-disclosure agreement, and I'd just like to read something out to you that is not from a document. On a point of order, please, can we move? Okay. Please? Yeah.
I'm, okay, I'm, I'm proposing that we're Until we've business. decided where we're going on the options of trade, we're getting bogged down we now. can rethink the NDA. Okay, so um, we're up to one, two, one. Committee membership. Right, I've circulated a list of committees um, as, as they are at the moment. Um, if I read out the name of the committee, the members that are currently on that committee um, invite any councillors who wish to join that committee. So the first one is the Amenities Committee, where we've got Councillor Lord Pennington, Councillor Judith Critchley, Councillor Neild, Councillor Helen Hayes, Councillor Griffiths, Sumner, Austin Jones, Ashton Wade, Poulton, and Councillor Liam Jones, with the chair Judith Critchley. Is there anybody else who wishes to join that Amenities Committee? Is there anybody else who wishes to join that committee? Okay, moving on. Policy, Process and Revenue Committee. Uh, Councillor Donna Critchley, Councillor Judith Critchley, Councillor Mally Poulton, Councillor Moston Jones, Councillor Lord Pennington, Councillor Stockton. I would like to be on that one. Okay. Are we all in agreement? Yeah. 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 I'd like to be on that as well. Right. We do have a restriction of nine on that committee. One, two. Five, six, seven, eight, that's fine. Staffing subcommittee, we have Councillor Dawson, Councillor Donna Critchley, Councillor Judith Critchley as a reserve. We need another member to join that staffing committee. The, the staffing subcommittee, the intention was that we would have councillors who have human resources experience or trade union experience. Okay. I've got some HR experience. Then planning committee, we have uh, Councillor Jones, Councillor Mostyn Jones, Councillor Wade, Councillor Stockton. I'd like to be on We're all in agreement? And me, please. And then the last one is the Events Committee, where we've got Councillor Pennington, Councillor Poulton, Councillor Judith Critchley, Councillor Donna Critchley. Would anybody else wish to join the Events yes, Committee? Yes, I would. Right, so Bernie and and help. Right, we've got seven Thank you. Thank you. Right, one, two, two. Community Centre and Youth Association. Councillor Dawson. Thank you. Um, I, I forget whether it's six or seven uh, meetings that I've had either individually with the Community Association and Youth Association or with them combined. Um, as you will have gathered from hearing from both associations earlier tonight, uh, matters are complex and are mired in their own uh, particular history. Uh, we are inching our Sorry, way. Andrew, Natal, please, can you not have a private meeting down in the public gallery? We are inching our way to try and find a solution. And in terms of trying to find a solution, what I'm trying to get to, and I'm sure you'll broadly agree with me, is minimum cost to all involved, minimum legal work involved, and everybody getting on together and trying to work with, with the same agenda. And that hence the suggestion that under the terms of the 1968 lease of this, uh, um, between the then Parish Council and the Community Association's trustees, the, there is provision for the Community Association to have its own youth association, and hence the idea that the youth association doesn't need a lease because actually the lease is already sitting in front of us because 
the whole purpose of the community association and youth association buildings is that they be used for community association and the youth association. So that's the starting point. However, one point that uh, Graham made earlier on tonight I don't agree with uh, is that if the uh, community association incorporates and becomes uh, an, an organisation in its own right with legal identity, I do think that we as a town council will need to at least amend the lease to formally consent to a change in the identity of the people we are dealing with. What I think we really would want to try and avoid if we can, but there may be no avoiding it, is actually going to lawyers ourselves and seeking to have the lease renegotiated because it's a document that's 50 years old, it's probably not fit for purpose in terms of looking at obligations now, but do we really want to change things if the youth association, the community association, work out where they need to go? Our real problem is that the legal documentation doesn't really reflect the reality on the ground. And for whatever reason, and there's no point in wondering why it's happened, the youth association and the community association have grown slightly further apart than might otherwise be desirable. So what I would like to see is them grow closer together again, uh, and ideally reflect what the documentation is that we have. Now, in the discussions that we have, to be fair to say, we, they've been very amicable, but there has no, there's not been a complete meeting of minds. So what I've suggested to both the Youth Association and the Community Association is that we have another meeting, but this time, rather than having the small team that we have, we actually expand it so that there are more opinions that come around the table to see if that can change things. I've encouraged the Youth Association to take up the role that they're entitled to at the Community Association and sit around that particular council. <coughs> and, and that's part of the problem. Because they've grown apart, they're struggling to work out who's got what responsibilities um, and where. So it's a heck of a thorny uh, matter. It is one I think that can be resolved with goodwill on all sides. And there's no reason to believe it can't be solved. But it's proving much more difficult uh, than you might otherwise uh, imagine. And as I've suggested to both the Community Association and Youth Association that they should bring additional people, I think I've reached a point where I need to say to my colleagues around this table, please come one or two others, come and join me in those discussions to see if we can help uh, bridge those particular gaps. But I do think we are almost certainly going to be looking at a situation where we have to go to external lawyers and get their advice as to whether, in fact, this 1968 document needs to be amended. I think we've already had our release of the Yeah, but this is any new proposals, many changes. This isn't something that's in the past, this is stuff that will need to be looked at going forward. The, oh, the, the legal advice is not fixed in aspect, it is all, it's also, we've got to say, hang on, we've got this new situation emerging, what needs to be done? I think we can, we can go back and look at the legal advice that we've had already, because I, I don't remember I don't what the questions were. I can't remember now what the questions were. But, uh, a long time ago they were talking about becoming a CIO and I think that's when we started looking at legal advice. If that was the only issue, it's very minor. I, I think we need very clear understanding of who's got what responsibility. At the moment, the only party that we can look to is the community association. We have no direct relationship with the youth association. Now that may be the way we wish to continue. Certainly it's the simplest route. But mm. those are all the issues. For example, if the association falls out with the community association, the community association, according to the lease, have to provide youth services. Mm -hmm. you know, we've got to think about those sorts of options too. I hope it never happens. So, Councillor Dawson, are, are you proposing that we do 
to get some legal, legal advice for your proposal? Not at this stage. What I'm proposing is that one or two others join me around the table so we have a meeting with perhaps nine or ten people around the table, see if we can get a common understanding and a common agreement. So it's, do you want to just lay out a drone and organise a meeting? Sure, but I'll go say, you know, who, does anybody like to volunteer to join in? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we've got Caroline, Lucy, Deborah, Bill, and Phil. Oh, and oh sorry, Matt. <laughs> You're used to it anyway, aren't you? Yeah. Can't see your face after mm. the joke in front of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. McNamara. Thank you. You're welcome to, if you want to go out the back and have your chat, we'll come back in. Okay. That's okay. Sorry. Uh, so we, we just have to be careful because we are recording this and your you know, background is yeah, picked up on it. Okay. Right. So, um, one, two, three, to approve and sign the minutes of the last meeting. Um, regarding September's minutes, uh, it wasn't accurately reflected to the issue that I brought up under the agenda item of finance. Um, that, that was a matter that was not council business. Well, it makes a difference, I think it is. Well, it wasn't. I, I, it was to approve the council's accounts, which the council's accounts sure, were. Sure, sure, but we all had a discussion, and we also, and you, you agreed, uh, Town Clerk, that uh, you'd come back to confirm who was on the list of signatories. And I think it was proposed by Councillor Dawson that uh, everyone around this table would be on that list, and then we'd probably make sure that our financial procedures are sound. Uh, and I've had the internal audit today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, at what, at what point do you consider that the minutes are inaccurate? Just so that I can Well, understand. it doesn't reflect the matter that I raised an issue of the letter that I wrote. How raised. do you want these minutes amending? Well, I'd like you to reflect that. Um, at what point? Could you put me to the item? So, under finance, on the September's minutes, yeah? Uh, agenda item number? Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Cancel quickly. It was, the last that you wrote, raised wasn't anything to do it with council business. No, you, wrote, you, you raised it mm -hmm. out yeah. of turn. It was not on the agenda. And I think no. it was a personal vendetta. No, it's not. Yes. The problem is, this letter that I received was regarding a court order with it, and it's sorry, concerning this fraud, is and I don't wish to bring business. this council can to this with it. I'm suspending, would you like to suspend the meeting? I'll suspend the meeting, yeah. Right, we, uh, can we approve the minutes then? We've got, we've got yes. I'll check them. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's be recorded that time again. Right, sorry, can we just go back? So, proposed by Councillor Ashton, yeah. seconded. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, can we have a vote on whether the minutes are accurate and whether the finance report as approved through these minutes is indeed approved? Yeah. So, okay, so uh, we have a proposal and a seconder for the minutes. Those who support the minutes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In favour, those against approving these minutes, two, those abstaining, so the minutes, minutes are carried. Can I have a minute that I 
not approving the minutes because I do believe the financial risk assessment issues that we discussed should have been limited. So you would like me to record that you are um, opposed to the minutes because... Opposing approving the minutes because they... Sorry, not sorry I missed that. I'm opposing approving these minutes You're opposing because they did not record the discussion regarding financial risk assessment that we had. Which was not on the agenda. But necessarily follows discussion on the accounts. So it wasn't, a, a, I'm sorry, I'm just struggling here. It wasn't a financial risk assessment. You asked that all councillors were included as signatories on the financial accounts. No, 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 the, the point was we had a debate about financial risk assessment, and it's merely reflecting the fact that we had that debate. I wouldn't record the reasons for an absentee. It's honest though. So, 124 <laughs> Castle Park to receive an update on the proposed asset transfer. If I may, uh, Janet, the uh, Cheshire West approved at our last full council meeting to start the consultation process for the asset transfer of Castle Park. It also included, as you would have gathered earlier, uh, naming the top field after uh, the former councillor, Mary Birkenhead, and her husband, Frank. Um, the reason for having this on the agenda is that uh, this council needs to be aware of it, and if you want to get involved in it, please do get involved. Uh, councillor Riley and I had a meeting with the, the Chief Executive on the 20th of December. It would have been earlier, but unfortunately it's a general election, and he is somewhat busy. Um, so therefore, if there's anything that you wish to get involved in, uh, please do. What I can say is that Councillor Ryan and I have had very fruitful discussions with the Art Centre Trust and we are trying to move to a situation where there is one body that manages the entirety of the park as a suggestion. doesn't mean it's the only one that's going to go forward. Maybe we need an options appraisal with regards to this, but we are in early stages um, of this. But, but therefore, if this council wants to have a seat at the table, get involved, uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. Can you just clarify what the asset transfer is? What is being transferred from where to where? Well, we're in early stages. The principle is that we, we look into it. And at the moment, very similar to the situation you've heard vis-a-vis -vis the Youth Association and the Community Association, Castle Park Trust is not a separate legal entity. And the theory is that it will become a separate legal entity distinct from Cheshire West and Chester Council. Uh, the intention is that there is greater local management involvement steering of that particular, this particular entity. Um, it also means that it needs to be financially sustainable. And inevitably that means looking for more money. It means looking for volunteers to help and assist going forward. There are about seven or eight different options that have been considered by Cheshire West and Chester with its lawyers, its external lawyers that they have retained and we get the next stage in the uh, discussions on the 20th of December. We're not in a position to go out publicly, but it's the sort of situation if FTC wishes to get involved, the earlier it signals that it wants to get involved, the greater likelihood it can sit around the table. And it's not just the house or the park? The entire well. park, including the top field, which lies outside the Castle Park Trust. Yeah. So 
that doesn't it doesn't include the hands. It does everything. Yeah. Stuck on the barrel. Yeah. Everything could, could be sealed on that. Could I, through you, Chair, Councillor Dawson? This happened uh, some uh, years ago when this council gave ten thousand. Do you remember? Yes. And I was on the trust committee. Yep. Well, it, the process started and then aborted uh, in relation right. to it, and, and it's, it's now sort of, there's a greater emphasis because Cheshire went <coughs> conscious that it hasn't done very many asset transfers, and our relatively new chief executive uh, is looking at Castle Park, the House, the Trust, as being something that could properly be passed over to local control. Uh, we'll all be glad to know that the intention is not to continue with political control in any capital P, small p, or anything like that, but to get interested locals running, managing, and taking the park forward. So how much does it cost at the moment to run the house and the park? That's a very difficult question to answer because you have the local authority version of the accounts, which may not be a true reflection if one went out to volunteers and all the private sector. Uh, but the sort of figure to bear in mind, it's something off the order of 60, 70, 80,000 to maintain the park land. Uh, the actual house itself and all the income that is derived from the tenants effectively washes its own face and allows for £25,000 sinking fund to be uh, created or continued year on year. So if one of the chimneys falls down or something, God forbid, there is a pot of money to, uh, to maintain it. But we're not helped by the fact that the ground floor has been a void for uh, more than two years um, at the moment. And that's all part of why it is that actually we really need to get some more local management of what's going on here because we're sure we're more likely to get more people using the park, more people contributing to the park, and actually making sure that there are more things going on here that people would like to do. So that's the theory. So it's got to make a lot of money to pay for itself. Yes, and the asset transfer will only happen if it's sustainable. So the idea is all very well, unless um, you can raise the money. Can I just ask why the weddings were? There was a few held there, wasn't we, there? We stopped them when um, they started looking for a tenant for the ground floor. Because you imagine if you want to book your wedding a year in advance, we couldn't guarantee that the, the ground floor would still be available. So I think when the wedding licence thing came up for renewal, it just wasn't renewed. Right. Um, Can I just add to that as well? It's a source of my endless frustration for me. Um, the officers did not tell Councillor Riley and I that that was the situation. The decision not to renew the licence was not made through us. Um, we think it's a crazy decision to have, have been taken. Uh, you know, you can think of all the facilities that are here, ranging from the Arts Centre to the Conservatory to the Formal Gardens to this room. You all, so how many of us would love to have a wedding here or come to a wedding here? Not just um, operated. Well, it's a whole lot of issues like that, but, but that's the point. And it's an opportunity to raise income for the trust, and why has that turned out? One of the reasons, points to one of the reasons why we need local control, so those sorts of decisions aren't taken without locals going, hang on a second, that's madness. Okay, I mean, we did have an agreement at one time with um, a potential events planner who was thinking of taking the bill, that he would honour any bookings that we took. But when that went by the wayside, it was... It, it just seems a good source of income. To, yeah. to keep the building. But you know how stressed brides get, they want to be certain that their venue is going to be available. We couldn't guarantee that, so I think that was the reason. It. Are you still trying to get the top field in trust? The position the Chief Executive of Cheshire West has taken is that he doesn't think it should be put in trust. Um, he, thinks, he, he thinks that the all options should be left open for the people who take it over, 
that's fine. Uh, I will be asking the people who take it over to put it in trust because I do think this is one of the assets in Frontium that should be kept broadly as it is in terms of its land area. I think the land uses can be changed, but the top field should have the same level of protection as the rest of the green areas around the house. So are you saying then that somebody is going to take that piece of land on? No, no, it, well, it's still, it's still down on Cheshire West's book for housing purposes. Um, there are no immediate plans to have it for housing, but I don't like the fact that it's anomalous any more than anybody else does. Okay, Deborah. So are you asking us just to get a group together to take it over? No, I'm, I'm merely saying you, you take the information. Yeah. You, you guys decide what you want to do with it. Um, kind of on the same subject. Um, did we ever decide whether we were going to hang that picture? Yeah, I, we, we were going to get an easel to put it on rather than hang it, then we could, it could be moved around. Um, okay, so you want us to consider Town Council's position? Well, do, you, do, do you want to do anything? Do you want to get involved? I, I don't think as a council we well we, we need some time to think, think about that and I don't want to give a commitment now but I think certainly if uh, if councillors as individuals want to get involved but we, you'd need to, you'd need to know what uh, you're being asked of you first. Yeah. I think it would be nice to to meet and, and chat about it. It's it's like you know when you were considered an asset transfer. Street to your group. It, it's, a, it's a big financial commitment to take yeah. on, so you have to think about it very carefully. Right, so let's move on to finance. I think, um, I presume, Andrew, you'll come back to the council with more information at some stage. Yeah. Is there any time left so on that, Andrew? In other words, are Cheshire West saying? This decision, whatever way it goes, is going to be. It will need to go through Cheshire West formally anyway, but it's like everything else. If you guys want to get involved, the earlier you're involved, the more you can change it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so on to the financial reports, Pat. Yeah, you've all had the reports, Pat. Yeah. Uh, the expenditure during October was £43,046.80, the income was £5,000. £577.50. It's detailed in the count where the money is actually being spent. Um, and I have nothing further to add. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to move them, Chair. Just, just, just sorry. Sorry, Andrew. Um, thank you for the papers. Uh, I, I looked through the, the bank accounts and I saw that some of the entries have been redacted and some of them haven't been redacted, and some of the ones that haven't been redacted I thought perhaps should have been. Uh, particularly as individual names are mentioned there. Oh, I thought I had. Oh, well, it, it's, if it's a mistake, that's fine. But um, your name on. there are that a number of expenses, there are personal names that are mentioned. Oh, right. And I'm, and I'm just wondering whether we should, we should be clear that we're not mentioning personal names or, or, or whatever it is, because you know, I'm not sure I'd want to have my name identified on the accounts either receiving or paying or whatever else. I, I have no objection personally for my name being there, where it's uh, no, no, expenses. I am. Uh, but I do take your point. And so um, it's, it's salary or something like that. Yeah, salaries are redacted. There is a, a payment that goes out to the negative plan, which I can redact. Again, that, that's got a personal name on it. Um, so, yeah, if that's what council wish me to do. Well, my personal view is that I don't think personal names should appear. Uh, even if it's you know buying a plot in the cemetery or whatever it is, whilst there needs to be a record that somebody's paid the money, 
I don't think it's appropriate that the personal information is provided. The, right, the difficulty I've got is if a payment goes into our account and it has a personal mm -hmm. name about it, then I can redact it from the, um, the bank statement, mm -hmm. but it goes into our account with that name, so it could be referenced to that name, mm -hmm. because that plot number, for example, in a burial record, is to that name. Well, I, I wonder whether that needs to be reviewed as well, because I, I, I'm sure somebody buying a burial plot, for example, doesn't mind the fact, because everyone can just go out there and see a family member is buried out there, or what have you. But there may be other issues where names shouldn't be mentioned, and, as, and in particular, say, salaries and I was surprised to see one particular name um, in the uh, in the statements. That, that bearing in mind, that I know the relationship that person has had with this council. I was surprised to see the name identified. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I absolutely take you on that note. Okay. Thank you. I'll second. So all those in favour of accepting the <coughs> finance report. So can I just take who proposed that? Frank. Frank, sorry. Right, can we have that vote again, please? Everyone. Yeah. Oh, listen, no. I don't really understand it, to be honest. Okay. So I don't feel like Okay, so okay. Um, do you want to record again, or abstaining? Uh, abstaining, I don't feel like it. Okay. Can I ask you to sign each page? Is it just initials? Just initials. the report is so long this month, I think you've quite fit on there for the uh, sponsorship payments for the Christmas festival and bills. Mm. Okay. Um, right, one, two, six, to note the minutes of the planning committee is held on 23rd of September, 28th of October, and the decision is taken. Yeah. Uh, one, two, seven, to note the minutes of the Extraordinary Policy and Process Committee and the decision is taken. That may not be. Well, there's, well, there's a recommendation in there for something. Uh, I've got the recommendation comes on the cemetery. Oh, okay. I'm <coughs> talking about the plan. No, that's separate. separate, okay. Yeah. So you've got the recommendation that the cemetery committee has merged. Oh, that's right. Yes, we. The, the membership of the cemetery committee pretty much mirrors the policy and process committee. Yes. Now that we've got the, the work underway to extend the cemetery, the, there's really less committee work involved with that. We thought it made sense to merge the two committees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can I take a proposal in a second? Yes, I'll take a proposal. All those in favour? Against? All in favour? Right, one, two, eight, to note the minutes of the amenities committee held on the 8th of October and the decision is taken. Yeah, that may not be. So, cemetery committee, 
again, just to note, yeah. we've already we've voted on the Yeah. Events committee to yeah. note the minutes. Yeah. I wonder, can I go back, if it's okay, on the cemetery com um, committee? Uh, uh, at some stage, are we going to talk about the progress, or is that another meeting? Of, of how that's then going. Then we talked about at the last cemetery meeting. And then the next update will be the PMP meeting. Okay. Okay. So moving on to working groups, uh, to note the minutes of the neighbourhood plan steering group held on 30th of September and 14th of October. Um, on 3 2 Clark's report. Anything for you, Joe? Uh, yes, we've received uh, an invite from North Cheshire Cycle um, Association. Here it is. North Cycle Cheshire. North Cycle Cheshire is what it's called. And apparently, that we used to have a council as a representative on the committee, which meets at the Hellsbury Community Centre. Um, who is no longer a councillor. So they've sent a letter asking if uh, any other councillor would be interested in joining that group and has sent it to uh, the one that I know that does actually cycle. So, so yeah, Deborah's happy to do that. And did anybody else want to do it? They're talking about extending the Greenway from Mickle Trafford to somewhere yeah. right. So you don't have to go along either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 133, cancel vehicle. Uh, this went to PMP, <coughs> where I had had a price from Waterton's Lake, Waterton's Lake Garage to buy the vehicle. They were under the misapprehension that we were back registered, so they thought they would be buying it with, with BAT and then claiming the BAT back. When I've explained that we're not BAT registered, their um, price for it has uh, come down accordingly. I've got two prices, one for 5,167 and one for 5,250. One's for Walton Lakes Garage and one's for a private individual who will be interested in buying it. How old is it? Take the highest. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I think it's four years old. I can't remember. We, we leased it for it's extremely low mileage. It's probably five years old. It, it, it needs MOT, but it's, it's in the MOT bracket. It's struggled so. to find its way out of Frodrum. It's never well, been it's probably done about 5,000, 6,000 miles. Well, it's very well looked after. Yeah. Um, have you done the highest chair? Have you done a comparison with, I know it sounds daft, but anybody? Yeah, that's yeah. a starting point, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Wharton's Lake were interested because they'd done some of the services on it. Yeah. So we released it for I think three years, and then it was we replaced it with another lease vehicle. But we chose to buy it, <coughs> and we got it. To how how much did we buy it? I can't remember what we paid now because Hazel dealt with that. But obviously that we we claimed a big chunk of VAT back on it. If my memory serves me right, because I was one of the ones that was doing it. I think it was something like seven thousand. It was seven thousand. And we've claimed over a thousand pound VAT. Claimed thousand pound back VAT. I have used it. I made I made a report, although we actually have the eyes. Could we consider putting it in local paper because that's something for small business? It's costing us money. It's 
I'd certainly not be willing to get in the car with somebody I didn't know and let them do a test drive. Do it that way. But it's just—it sounds a really good you know, doesn't it? If it's only done a small mileage. Yeah. But it's, even so, because it's it's white van and it's four years old, it, it has a limited value. Do you know what I'm It's worth it's worth what it is, and we've got to get it. What exactly is it? What make and model is it? Couldn't tell you. It's a Peugeot. Quite big, isn't it? It's quite a big, it's like mid, mid range. It's not like transit van size. No. Yeah. So it's, it's not in perfect condition. No. It's got various touches and dents on it. Yeah, I made a proposal that we accept the eyes. I'll have a vote on it. I'll have a vote. All those in favour of spelling at five two five. My son might be more fit. He's after the one. I'm getting it. So all those in favour. £1,081, one just a cut which is 493 and another one which is just a cut which is £220 all plus that. Well that's to flail though, so it biodegrades and you don't... Can I just make a point? This is not the time of year to cut grass. Nobody is cutting grass at the moment. The land is too muddy, too wet. You will completely ruin it. And it's a pointless task. I mean, it was, how, when was it last cut? Well, I think it was last cut when they decided it could be used for car parts. Yeah. I spoke to... Uh, well, that's for the... It was cut... Wait, when, 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 it was when we had the very, very hot weather last... Two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, the young fellow who says he's, he's able tell. to do it if he has a couple of days dry weather. We can't, unfortunately, because it'll break our insurance. And that's what I'm coming on to. What are the insurance implications? Well, the, let me, uh, the response that I've had from Zurich is that they say before anything is done that they ask that the uh, area is inspected, a maintenance play programme is put in place, and that this is then kept on a maintenance log or similar, and so that in the event of an accident or injury occurring, this would act as proof that the council has done all that it could do to avoid an incident. So when it was caught for the festival down on Ship Street and it was used as a car park, were surveys and everything done on that then? No, the insurance, our insurance covered that. But so, decommissioned, you see. 
So it wasn't decommissioned then? Well, no. It's no. been used for parking parking, which we, in theory, we shouldn't have done because of the government. Um, and, it, and then when it was cut, it was, it was so dangerous, this fight, and it, it was trimmed. They're not really going to find anything wrong with it, though, are they? If they were able to cut it and open it to be used as a car park, it's just a box tissue exercise to send it to someone out there to have a look. Certainly the area where the plague was, there are dangerous bits on that. Because I've been on that bit quite recently. Ooh. I've got pictures. When I've, had, when I've had keys to show contractors various things, we've, we've been to that. I'm only worried that it was angle, there, there was pipes that were cut with an angle on them, and I can't see them, because I walk the dog around there every day. And I don't know what you want to open it for. Because it's such an eyesore, it's just been It's awful cut, for people to have to just look cut at. the grass. Well, you could open the gates and cut the grass, then people could use it. What for? Dog walking, just for kids to go in and play. You can't put spikes on there. You couldn't allow dogs on there. We could send someone in to have a look. If it was deemed okay to be opened as a car park, probably going to be okay so it's just a matter of sending someone in to make sure that the insurance is okay i've not seen any evidence of spikes when it's i've been, 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 quite, been in there quite a few times recently if, if the grass was cut the kids could go in and play what is the intention? That the grass is cut to go in gates are open and they can go in gates are open because the people. Oh, what? Oh, what? I'd say there might be a group of people willing to make a, a contribution towards it and put an injunction on it to the council. Have you ever thought of that? What's an injunction? Well, there's 22 acres, it's not far away. I don't understand what you're saying. Oh, well. What are you saying, Frank? Sorry? What is it? I, I don't, I'm not following. Oh well. Can you explain it another way? I'm not following. Can you explain what you mean? I've got to have it commissioned I don't know. I still say it's not can it's not safe for this council to put any vehicle on that on that land to cut it. So can I ask Joe, could you find out how much it's going to cost us to get the land evaluated for safety? Because presumably you need somebody like Bay Area inspection, like Rossborough or someone. To satisfy the insurance company. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. Have a cost yeah. for that, and subject to that being a, a minimum cost, we could consider. We can't open the big gates; so it would only be the little. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that's what we that thought. Yeah, the, the, one, the little gates. So the last risk assessment that we have done on Townfields was four hundred and thirty-five pounds. It would be in that. So we're talking okay. about four hundred and something pounds then. To evaluate the land and do, and you don't you wouldn't want to just want it cut not taken away. Well, if you flail mow it, it produces really fine cuttings and they decompose really quickly. So it's it's a much much cheaper option. It's just go a bit more mulchy in this kind of weather though. Not at this time of year. Well, this is a contractor that obviously knows what he's talking about. I don't know anything about grass cutting. He's told but, me that he would be able to do it if he had a couple of dry days on the lead up to it. And then by the time the summer's come round, all I mean, of that, I don't know about that. I mean, you go back to Lounders and ask them what their opinion is. Well, they're they're, the they're, they were the ones um, 
with the highest quote. Yeah, they're on a service level. Let's see how much is going to cost. So, how are we proceeding with this? So, so sorry. So, just to clarify, we can't. The grass can't be cut without a survey because of insurance purposes. The park can't be opened. So we can cut the grass and then right. do a survey right, so. when you can actually see what's on so the ground. So what's the risk assessment for? To see whether it's safe? That, that Once it's the ground's been cut. So right, so was, the no, it, was right? that right. not done first? Time, was that not done when the grass was cut last? I don't know, I wasn't here. The, the grass was only cut last time because of fire risk. It, we were in a very, very hot, dry That's summer right. and it was <clears> cut. Um, you know, so, so, the, so the one before when it was cut for, for car parking? It was just a rough cut. So there was no survey done, even though there was cars going to be parked on that? There was still equipment on it, Councillor Wake. Right, so it didn't, it didn't create a problem? It didn't create no problem. What, two or three years ago there was still equipment on it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't got the figures, but I beg to differ. It was in the minutes, wasn't it? Oh, not in the minutes where it was brought up. Well, I think, I think maybe just to move forward, then we should ask Joe to find out what the implications if are. If it was cut, it would be to. much easier for somebody to do a survey and actually see what's Can the state of the land is. Who, 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 you've had a quote from someone, which you cut it. I've got, I've, I've got three quotes. Yeah, I've got one to yeah. uh, the people yeah. who quoted the Green Gates. So I've got a full quotation from them as well. Yeah. Right. The clay equipment is really needed. So. Well, we could go with this tree cut, but then without, without if we just games, we could and then get it inspected. Yeah. And it's yeah. much easier to yeah. do that. Well, let's vote on having the grass cut first. Um, the the proposal that we go with the cheapest one. Which is two hundred and twenty pounds plus that. Happy to propose. I'll propose that. All those in favour of uh, spending two hundred and twenty pounds plus that to get the grass cut. <laughs> Mine's away. Right. That's carried. Okay. And then the second one is that we have to get the ground inspected. Right, and then following the cut, I'll have a little risk assessment done. Yeah. Uh, and how much do we think the risk assessment is going to be around? I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to take some advice. Risk for seamers is no equipment, or could it just be someone who does general surveys? I'll sort that out. I think we'll need to call the list. If it's, if it's going to be an, an added cost to remove any, yeah. Yeah. you don't want people throwing stuff in. Yeah. 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 The, the cost of having a an assessment. Well, done. I'll bring that to the next meeting okay. in January. Right? Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we've got to be cut. Okay. Right, so now we're at part B. And this is, I'm afraid, so we need members to